Hey everybody, you're listening to Creative Hues. How's everybody doing today? Oh, that's good to know. I just had a really um, good day. A little bomb was dropped here and I'm gonna be playing our Blues Festival stage um, in July and I'm going to be opening up for Melissa Etheridge and people like Cheryl Crow and um, there's some other big names as well, Pat Benatar. Don't know if any of you know those gals, but I'm really excited. So I, I'm kind of um, stepping into another little bit of a fearful moment for myself, and that's my performance. So I'm a lone woman on stage, I'm a one woman band, and I just kind of have to sit with the feelings of being that lone soldier on stage it's really exciting. I think I'm gonna do okay, but I'm pretty, I'm like just feeling a little bit of fear. I'm feeling excitement. I'm kind of feeling a wash of things right now. But yesterday, I just picked up this book and it's by Pema uh, Choch, Ch- it's a very German last name. So if I was German, I'd say children, but it's Pema Children. I don't know if you've heard of her. It's called, when things fall apart. And basically it's a a compilation of talks that she's done over the years and um, put together in in this book. And one of the chapters is on the intimacy with fear. So I'm gonna read some of it if you don't mind. You want to hear a little bit of this because I think there's some really profound things in this book so I would suggest maybe going to pick it up I'm I'm slowly reading it it's one of those books I think that you just kind of slowly read through but the first chapter is called intimacy with fear and I think it's something that all of us could get a little bit of something from okay so if you don't know the history of Pema Chodron she is um, a practicing Buddhist and she's lived many years in monasteries and she's done many talks Um, and so here we go chapter one intimacy with fear fear is a natural reaction to moving closer to the truth Embarking on the spiritual journey is like getting into a very small boat and setting out on the ocean to search for unknown lands. With wholehearted practice comes inspiration, but sooner or later, we will also encounter fear. For all we know, when we get to the horizon, we're gonna drop off the edge of the world. Like all explorers, we are drawn to discover what is waiting out there without knowing yet if we have the courage to face it. If we become interested in in Buddhism and decide to find out what it has to offer, we'll soon discover that there are different slants on how we can proceed. With insight, meditation, we begin practicing mindfulness, being fully present with all of our activities and thoughts. With Zen practice, we hear teachings on emptiness and are challenged to connect with the open. Unbounded clarity of mind, The Vajrayana teachings introduce us to the notion of working with the energy of all situations, seeing whatever arises as inseparable from the awakened state. Any of these approaches might hook us 
and fuel our enthusiasm to explore further. But if we want to go beneath the surface and practice without hesitation, it is inevitable that at some point we'll experience fear. Fear is a universal experience. Even the smallest insect feels it. We wade in the tidal pools and put our finger near the soft, open bodies of sea anemones and they close up. Everything spontaneously does that. It's not a terrible thing that we feel fear when faced with the unknown. It's part of being alive, something we all share. We react against the possibility of loneliness, <clears throat> of death, of not having anything to hold on to. Fear is a natural reaction to moving closer to the truth. If we commit ourselves to staying right where we are, then we and our experience becomes very vivid. Things become very clear when there is nowhere to escape. During a long retreat, I had what seemed to me the earth-shaking revelation that we cannot be in the present and run our storylines at the same time. It sounds pretty obvious, I know, but when you discover something like this for yourself, it changes you. Imper the impermanence becomes vivid in the present moment. So do compassion and wonder and courage. And so does fear. In fact, anyone who stands on the edge of the unknown, fully in the present without a reference point, experiences groundlessness. That's when our understanding goes deeper when we find that present moment is a pretty vulnerable place and that this can be completely unnerving and completely tender at the same time. We begin our exploration. We have all kinds of ideals and expectations. We look for answers that will satisfy a hunger we felt for a very long time. But the last thing we want is a further introduction to the boogeyman. Of course, people do try to warn us. I remember when I, was, I first received meditation instruction, the woman told me the technique and guidelines on how to practice and then said, but please don't go away from here thinking that meditation is a vacation from irritation. Somehow all the warnings in the world don't quite convince us. In fact, they draw us closer. What we're talking about is getting to know fear, becoming familiar with fear, looking it right in the eye, not as a way to solve problems, but as a complete undoing of old ways of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and thinking. The truth is that when we really begin to do this, we're going to be continually humbled. There's not going to be much room for the arrogance that's holding onto the ideals can bring the arrogance that inevitably does arise is going to be continually shot down by our courage to step forward a little further. The kinds of discoveries that are made through practice have nothing to do with believing in anything. They have much more to do, uh, to do with having the courage to die, the courage to die continually. Instructions on mindfulness or emptiness or working with energy all point to the same thing. Be right on the spot. Being right on the spot nails us. It nails us right to the point of time and space that we are in. When we stop there and don't act out, don't repress, 
don't blame it on anyone else and also don't blame it on ourselves, then we meet with an open-ended question that has a con no conceptual answer. We also encounter our heart. As one student so eloquently put it, Buddha nature, cleverly disguised as fear, kicks our ass into being receptive. I once attended a lecture about a man's spiritual experiences in India in the 1960s. He said he was determined to get rid of his negative emotions. He struggled against anger and lust. He struggled against laziness and pride, but mostly he wanted to get rid of his fear. His meditation teacher kept telling him to stop struggling, but he took that as just another way of explaining how to overcome his obstacles. Finally, the teacher sent him off to meditate in a tiny hut in the foothills. He shut the door and settled down to practice. When it got dark, he lit three small candles. Around midnight, he heard a noise in the corner of the room and in the darkness, he saw a very large snake. It looked to him like a king cobra. It was right in front of him, swaying. All night, he stayed totally alert keeping his eyes on the snake, he was so afraid that he couldn't move. There was just the snake and himself and fear. Just before dawn, the last candle went out and he began to cry. He cried not in despair, but from tenderness. He felt the longing of all the animals and people in the world. He knew their alienation and struggle. All his meditation had been nothing but further separation and struggle. He accepted, really accepted wholeheartedly that he was angry and jealous and that he resisted and struggled and that he was afraid. He accepted that he was also precious beyond measure, wise and foolish, rich and poor, and totally unfathomable. He felt so much gratitude that in the total darkness, he stood up, walked towards the snake and bowed. Then he fell sound asleep on the floor. When he awoke, the snake was gone. He never knew if it was his imagination or if it had really been there. And it didn't seem to matter. As he put it, at the end of the lecture, that much intimacy with fear caused his dramas to collapse and the world around him finally got through. No one ever tells us to stop running away from fear. We are very rarely told to move closer, to just be there, to become familiar with fear. I once asked the Zen master, Kobanchino Roshi, how he related to how he related with fear and he said I agree I agree but the advice we usually get is to sweeten it up smooth it over take a pill or distract ourselves but by all means make it go away we don't need that kind of encouragement because disassociating from fear is what we do naturally we habitually spin off and freak out when there's even the merest hint of fear. We feel it coming in and we check out. It's good to know that we do that, not as a way to beat ourselves up,
but as a way to develop unconditional compassion. The most heartbreaking thing of all is how we cheat ourselves of the present moment. Sometimes, however, we are cornered. Everything falls apart and we run out of options for escape. At times like that, the most profound spiritual truths seem pretty straightforward and ordinary. There's nowhere to hide. We see it as well as anyone else, better than anyone else. Sooner or later, we understand that although we can't make fear look pretty, it will nevertheless introduce us to all the teachings we ever heard or read. So the next time you encounter fear, consider yourself lucky. This is where courage comes in. Usually we think that brave people have no fear. The truth is that they are intimate with fear. When I was first married, my husband said I was one of the bravest people he knew. When I asked him why, he said because I was a complete coward, but went ahead and did things anyhow. The trick is to keep exploring and not bail out. Even when we find out that something is not what we thought, that's what we're going to discover again and again and again. Nothing is what we thought. I can say that with great confidence. Emptiness is not what we thought. Neither is mindfulness or fear. Compassion, not what we thought. Love, Buddha nature, courage, these are all code words for things we don't know in our minds. But if any of us could experience them, these are words that point to what life really is when we let things fall apart and let ourselves be nailed to the present moment. So thank you for sticking with me for that sweet little reading. Um, so that was the whole first chapter of When Things Fall Apart. And I'm glad I read it over again out loud because I feel like it really nailed down some of the teachings in that chapter is <clears throat> when fear presents itself, there are moments when we run away, when we want to hide. But what would happen if we ran towards it? Just a question for you today. So I'm thinking of you guys. I love you lots. And we'll talk soon. <laughs>